Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Weezer. Before we begin, if you're a fan of the show, please take a second to subscribe and rate the podcast. We love to keep Top 5 Disco going and growing, and your support and engagement will help make that happen. Last week, we discussed their glossy Groove Pop 11th album, Pacific Daydream. And this week, we'll be joined by a friend of the podcast and begin to wrap up the series with an overview of the first half of their career from 1994 to 2008. Here we go. All right, so now that Adam and I have gone through Weezer's entire discography, album by album, song by song. Almost. Almost, because Black Album was just released a week and a half ago. Yeah. Ten days ago. We have a very special guest on the podcast today. Welcome back to the podcast, Andy. Hey, guys. What's yes, up? We the had, first time. Yeah. The first time that we have had a guest back on for another series. And Andy was our first guest uh, in uh, Motion City Soundtrack, yes. along with my girlfriend, Erin. I think that was a year ago this month. Wow. That's yeah. wild. Oy. I know. Time Makes flies. You think. Time flies. Oh boy. When you're so fun. I would. I'm so happy you're here because more than any person in my life, I just relate Weezer to you. We, we sort of grew up together, loving this band. Like I remember very vividly loving Blue Album and so much. And you were the one who was like, "You really should re-listen to Pinkerton because I think it's better." Like I remember distinctly sitting at around a table and. Uh, we us talking about Pinkerton and like my love for Weezer grew from there. Anyway, I'm so happy you're here today. It's great want, to be here. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your relationship with Weezer. Sure. How, how did you get into them? How did this all start? So that's a good question. Um, for me, it started way back in 2004, 2005 when I got my first iPod. And two of the first songs that were on there that someone had given to me to upload were Beverly Hills, funny enough, and uh, so it had to be 2005. Yeah. Beverly Hills and Island in the Sun. Yep. Classic. The two biggest singles. Yeah. yeah. Up to that point. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I loved Beverly Hills. Yeah. At the time, this is 2005. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that still holds true for me, really, right, right. but I loved it at the time. It got me more interested in them. And then, so it really um, introduced them even further to me was Guitar Hero 3. Whoa. Okay. Is that Say It Ain't So? Close. Okay. My name is Jonas. Ah, okay. I think there was a Say It Ain't So on Rock Band. Exactly. Yes. No, you're right. Okay. You're okay. absolutely right. <laughs> Around the same time. Uh, so that was really what made me want to go out and buy the Blue album. And then from there, the rest is history. And did you go six in succession from Blue to Pink, Pinkerton to Green? To, do you remember? No, um, because I know for a fact I had Blue, Pinkerton, Green somewhere, I think, after that. And then for forever, it took me forever to find Maladroit. Yeah. It was like the least common one in any store you'd go into. Oh, you mean like a, like a buy as a used yeah, CD I wanted or FYE or something? Yeah, I wanted it like yeah. used or like in a store. I didn't want to buy it online or whatever. And every time I'd go into a store, it was like 15 bucks for it. And I just felt weird paying $15 for yeah. it and whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's uh, I pretty much went in order after that. My first album as a fan that came out was Red Album. Yeah. I, the two of us obsessing over Red Album and like, greatest man and like what is this band i remember so clearly i remember us texting each other when if you're wondering if i want you to came out and being like whoa this is a great song yep. and just over the years we have gone album by album together really which has been really meaningful for me the two of us uh have gone to multiple concerts mm -hmm. uh, with them. We saw them. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. From 2008. 2008, when we went to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> we traveled by train to get there. It was you, me, Ben, and Michael. And my mom. And your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great show. 
I'm pretty sure they played Greatest Man. They played a lot of Definitely. cool songs. Yep. I remember during Undone, Michael literally ripped his shirt off of him because we all made these kind of cheap uh, sharp. Was that shirts. supposed to be like a sweaters come undone? Yeah, exactly. His <laughs> it was a metaphor. Shirt unraveling. <laughs> shirt unraveling. Um, and then when White Album came out, the two of us did our own little listening party with uh, our friend Sean um, where we sat in my living room and listened to White Album for the first time. Mm-hmm. And actually that came right after we saw them live at Warsaw mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Um, have you seen them besides those two times? I've seen Weezer. Yeah, I saw Weezer those two times with you. And then I saw Weezer in 2010 on the Memories Tour oh, in did. Boston. Wait, did you see Blue or Pinkerton? Blue Album Night. You did. And we'll get into it later, but that was a very... Well, we'll get into like Blue Album stuff later, but that was a very meaningful show. Hmm. Awesome I show. Bet. I mean, My you're God. seeing songs that you don't think they're ever going to play yeah. live. Because they never do play live. The world has turned. The world like, has wow. turned. Holiday. Um, holiday in the garage. Like, when's the last time you're going to hear them play that live? I don't live? know. It's even, a good point. Honestly, even only in dreams, they weren't even playing that live. Oh, that yeah. sounds like years an album ago. track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they jammed out at the end. It was a full eight minute oh, version of yeah. only in dreams. Uh, amazing. Bes- besides the two times that the two of us saw them together, the only other time I've only seen Weezer three times. The only other time was at the Boston Calling Music Festival a couple of years ago, and I will say it was very disappointing just hearing them just play the hits off every album album there was barely maybe they played the british are coming or maybe that was at our show it was a very weird show but the band sounded great and rivers was such a good guitarist at the like he was shredding on his solos so despite kind of being you know off put by just what they're choosing in their set list these days they still fucking rock adam have you have you seen them live so the only time i've seen them live is at the meadows festival in queens a couple years ago this is where you saw chili peppers and yes yeah i believe that was the same day um it was a very disappointing experience mainly because I was right next to a blown speaker and it was so crowded that I couldn't move out of the way. So everything that was coming through was just very garbled. So it was already right there was a bad experience. They were playing Feels Like Summer and it was very clearly like they were doing the hits. The only cool thing that I even remember was that they did a medley of a bunch of songs from like a lot of early albums. I forgot the first, I just remember they did some keep fishing, but it was literally a medley of something, probably even from Pinkerton too, literally blue Pinkerton, uh, green Maladroy. It was like, it was a cool little thing, but all in all, I don't, I don't think I was even there for the whole set. I don't even remember. It's like, I need to see them live again because that's such a disappointing, like first time seeing Weezer experience. And yeah, they was they were so clearly just playing the hits. Some of the hits I love. I mean, like it's not about that. Like I still want to see those. I'd never seen them live, but seeing them on like a Blue or Pinkerton tour, like and I want to know what I'm what I'm getting into. We mentioned it earlier, uh, Adam and I, but we blew it, you and I, Andy, by not going to the Everything Will Be All Right in the End super intimate show in New York City where they played through the whole album and they played Pinkerton B sides. Oh my. I know. Still wiping away tears. Yeah, exactly. Years exactly. later. What were you about to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, for all the the shit that we sometimes give them about their live shows, I know more casual fans who go and see them and they just come back with rave reviews every time. So people still love their live show and they enjoy, people who don't know them as well as us, still enjoy seeing the hits. And even if it's just the hits, they love, you know, screaming along, singing along to these songs they know so Absolutely. well. Absolutely. For a casual fan, I'm sure, because Weezer concerts are mainly hits. I'm sure that's an exciting experience. And, and yeah. also you probably learn about some of these new hits that you don't know. I mean, yeah, for the, for the more my casual hope, fans, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, my hope is that they would hear the new stuff and be like, well, I didn't know that one. Maybe I will go 
check out the rest. Right. Yeah, I don't think people are as. <laughs> I don't think I don't think people are as adventurous as yeah. that. But. So, Andy, on that topic, mm-hmm. what, just sort of like, what is it like to be a Weezer fan? Because we sort of talked about, and Adam and I have just been on and on about how, like, no matter how rocky and roller coastery this discography is, we love this band and we will defend them forever because it's so heartbreaking when people are just like, oh, the two albums are the only good albums. It's like, what is it? What is that like for you to sort of talk to someone about Weezer? So I always feel like I have to, I use this word lightly, but educate people when they just say <laughs> words like that. Like, you know, like that, that it's only, that yeah, it's yeah. only the first two are the only good ones. Because obviously that's not true. Are, you know, arguably are the other albums as good as those first two? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure you guys have been talking about this yeah. already. But, you know, at the same time, I always feel the need to, like you just said, jump to Weezer's defense. You know, I'm not going to cram it down someone's throat that they have to listen to these albums because no one's going to listen to them. It's fine if they don't want to. But I always feel the need to at least say, you know, there are other good albums out there besides one and two. Yeah, and you don't have to be a complete, like, diehard defender of everything because obviously there is so much shit in their discography. <laughs> Indefensible shit. Yeah, in that, that you can be like, exactly. I get it. I know what you mean. Like, there is some really bad stuff, but... If you haven't listened to every single song on every single record, you don't know. You don't you actually say know. that for every artist, but and, for I, and that's how I in, feel about. But that's how I feel about people making blanket statements like that in general. Yeah, but again, Counting Crows, Spanish Ladies, specifically all these, for these bands. Weezer, people just they think of him as like a jokey band now, and that breaks my heart. Not only are they like a jokey band, but like they don't people don't take them seriously. People don't know how great the band is still at points. I, it it breaks my heart anyway adam and i have talked about that extensively but uh but yeah you and i have been on that roller coaster ride for for over a decade now and that was the word i was going to use is it is a roller coaster ride being yeah. a fan of weezer in 2019 yeah you never know what you're going to get over the next and, hill. and we're gonna close off this whole series by the three of us reviewing the black album which just came out 10 days ago i've purposely not talked to andy or adam about we haven't talked at all about what we think about it so i'm excited to get there but first let's sort of set up how these uh this last part is going to go where we sort of andy is going to help us sort of finish up the weezer discography in this way we're going to talk about our top five favorite b-sides non-album tracks from the first era of weezer and again we're going to split up the discography from blue into red and then we're going to talk about our worst our you know our least favorite songs the worst songs of that era and then we're going to talk about our top five favorite songs from blue to red then after that, we're going to do the same thing again for the next half of the discography, from Ratitude to Pacific Daydream. We're going to talk about our top five favorite B-sides non-album tracks. We're going to go through our five worst Weezer songs of that era, and then our top five favorite songs from that era as well. Yeah, and I think we felt that it was necessary to leave Black Album off because I think everyone should have time with an album before you rank it, uh, especially on, on those types of lists. So we're going to leave that as its own thing where we discuss it as a group, yeah. but we're still, we're doing first six albums, next five, and then its own discussion of Black. And like, Andy, you know, like I hated Pacific Daydream so much the first few times and for the longest time. And honestly, doing this sort of re-review, going through the albums, it's grown on me. It's really grown. I'm not saying I like it, that much but it's grown on me so i'm anticipating the black album to do something similarly and i don't know how i feel about it yet so okay all right to cap off the first half of their discography from blue to red we're going to talk about our top five favorite b-sides non-album tracks because there are so many great ones weezer is so prolific all right i'm going to start with my number five which is waiting on you my number five is getting up and leaving whoa nice my number four admittedly you may not like this i'm cheating a little bit I have two songs for number four, which are Suzanne and Miss Sweeney. 
I don't understand. Because they're kind of the same song. Okay, fair enough. Uh, number four for me is I Just Threw Out the Love of My Dreams. Awesome, awesome. My number three is You Gave Your Love to Me Softly. I knew that would be on your list. My number three is actually the B-side from Blue Album, Michael and Carly. And my number two is Michael and Carly. Yes. Wow. Yeah. My number two is Tragic Girl. Oh, whoa, that's awesome. Okay, my number one favorite B-side non-album track from this era is Devotion. Whoa, what? Oh, yeah. What? You didn't even have I Just Threw Out the Love of My Dreams. No, I did not. (sighs) Number one for me, hands down, is Waiting on You. Waiting on You is is a great number one pick. Oh, yeah. I like how you guys went pretty Pinkerton heavy with this one, both of you. This era of songwriting is unbelievable. And he has so many I easily could have added... I just threw out the love of my dreams. You won't get with me tonight. Long time sunshine I love. Getting up and leaving is great. Tragic Girl's great. That's You awesome gave your love you to me that. softly was definitely... Oh, Tragic Girl for sure. That could have been number one. There's something about that song. You didn't have Devotion at all. Dude, Devotion is, to me, one of the lesser good songs. Nope. Lesser good B-sides. My favorite one. That's so that's interesting. Wild. It's such a slog. Anyway, that's your favorite, so we'll talk about it when we get there. All right. All right, let's start with Adam's number five pick, Getting Up and Leaving. So I'll admit the main reason that this is on my list is because of the verse of this song. It's just so beautiful. But first, it starts off with this beautiful, like, good morning picked part. Mm. I love the intro to this song. And then it just comes in with that. The verse of my life is changing now i'm feeling blue so that nice. note so is so nice, good yeah. especially with the descending chords that beautiful wah feedback this is actually very much like the white album like i was talking about in terms of descending chords more melodic feedback it's all about these verses to me because even after that, like I like the song, but there's something about those. And especially with like Pat just hitting cymbal and bass drum, that's it. It's kind of a, it's not a beat in the verses. And then the beat comes in for the pre-chorus, which is good as well. Stop. I really, really want to go back, back to where I belong. So Beatlesy right yes. there. I love that kind You're of You're right. Riff. It's actually yeah. very kind of like. Ticket to Ride Beatles yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just that, yeah. Now I'm getting up and leaving. It's a good song. Honestly, there's not much else to say. It's really those verses. That's the main reason that this is on there. This was, interestingly enough, first of all, co-written with Pat. I don't know if you knew that. Okay, that's great. No, I didn't. This song was supposedly, and I guess that makes sense with the writing with Pat. This was... uh considered for the blue album i don't know if you knew that oh wow and it was actually i guess they wrote it i don't think they recorded it because i swear it's true is also a blue album double yes before pinkerton yeah and i think they just decided to try it re-record it for pinkerton didn't work out but anyway good song next we're going to talk about my strange number four pick which is suzanne from the blue album sessions and miss sweeney from the red album Oh, that I 
You are a cheater, my I friend. I know. I cheated, but I have to. You know what I mean, though. The choruses are so similar. The Suzanne, you're all that I wanted. It's the same as Miss Sweeney, you're, you make the rain clouds disappear. It's the same chorus. They literally rehash Suzanne for Miss Sweeney. So sure, to me, but if we're just ranking choruses, then I guess you could put those together. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, What I will Suzanne, say is I'm glad that you are paying homage to a Red Album track. Even though I'll say I don't think Miss Sweeney personally is the best Red Album B-side. Okay. But still, I you think... You didn't pick any of them. We are... So, no, Which do you I think, think is we, better? We are, we are all extremely uh, blue and Pinkerton heavy on these B-sides. Wait, which but, Red Album uh, do you like better? I think I like The Spider and King better, honestly. King is awesome. King is so good. I'm actually shocked Josh did not pick King. Yeah, you know that's always been yeah, a song. I actually huge. think Miss Sweeney is the best. I agree with you. I, I think Miss Sweeney is the best one. Yeah. I think it's the most heartfelt one. I think it's the most emotional one. Also, Pig, I think, is a great song. I it actually is. prefer the demo that leaked before the album version. Um, but man, to like, sort of imagine himself as a pig and having a life and then being slaughtered. He's like, trying some really interesting songwriting techniques there. Honestly, not to backtrack, I just kind of sang through Miss Sweeney in my head and I forgot. I I think I just forgot what that song was. What? I, I love what? I love his vocal performance on that. It's a weird vocal yes. performance. I'm sorry, Miss Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> so first, let me quickly talk about Suzanne, though. Yeah. It's just a perfect Weezer crunchy chorus immediately. Suzanne! You're all that I wanted of a girl. It's so perfect. It's so fucking perfect. It's got that same sort of swing that like holiday waiting on you, LA girls even. Very Beach Boys influence. Absolutely, which which is a through line throughout. This is just their classic doo-wop kind of song. And then Miss Sweeney, which is completely different in the verses. I mean, it's got these kind of weird uh, stop start kind of stuttering yeah. where he's sort of uh, like this workplace crush role play thing going on it's very weird and I have uh, Andy I think maybe you showed this to me the AOL sessions video I was just gonna mention of that. Miss Sweeney with the, woman the interpretive kind of, performance exactly the interpretive <laughs> dance of this and then she like takes off her glasses in the bridge um, first of all that bridge is probably the best part oh, of the song yeah I love it but first like the chorus is so similar to Suzanne to me like listen to this me they just like slowed it down it's too similar again yes it's me cheating i wanted to include both songs because i love them so much but yes as andy had just mentioned the bridge of this song miss sweeney i gotta admit the truth the harmonies in the next part i am suddenly over here in love with you is so great i love the ending to miss sweeney these are just both great songs i love them Next, we're going to talk about Adam's number four pick. I just threw out the love of my dreams. This song is so synth heavy. This was originally intended for Songs from the Black Hole. It is 
female-fronted song. We have Go Away with Beth Cosentino from... Best Coast. Best Coast, thank you. But that one is much more of a duet. This, aside from some harmonies with Rivers, is basically all female-fronted by Rachel Hayden Haddon from the band That Dog, which was a band that Weezer was it playing played with a lot of shows circuit, right? with. Yes. Yeah. The structure of this melody is also so good. I love talking about these melodies that change themselves up and are just structured in such a nice way. I'm so tall, can't get over me. I'm so low, can't get under me. I must be all these things. And the synth, for I just the synth is following every one of, of those melodies. Yes, it sounds great. And there's some, it's like a very classic kind of sounding melody, but it works so well. And the B section, that change with River's harmony is so nice. I love when the bass and the synth together mirror. So Andy, I'm pretty sure you're not a fan of this song, right? I remember you saying that like it just doesn't sound like Weezer. Or... Uh, yeah, well, so my problem actually is the female vocals. Um, I love female singers. Is there something about her that's kind of bored? Yeah, I think she sounds kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not tinny, it's not hollow, just kind of thin, reedy. Like it's just not, I hear that. not yeah. my favorite vocals. And I'd much Flinty. rather... <laughs> What's that? Flinty? I much rather would have had nice. I much rather would have had Rivers sing this, I think, than her, to be honest. I don't know why do you know why they went with a female singer? Well, because it's part of the songs for the black hole rock exactly. opera. It's, oh, that's right. it's that's supposed right. to be this character. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. I think it's just the fact that I have no other female to sing it. Like I don't know any other versions, so I like this. But sure. I, I think I agree that it would have sounded better maybe with another female singer. But I also just like the connection between him and that dog and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I don't think she's bad by any means. I just don't think she's the strongest singer that they could have gone with for this song. It sounds for like sure. it was a friend of theirs and Definitely. they want to keep it in the family. I love the line, oh, he's got me wondering, my righteousness is crumbling. I think this whole song is basically about like, I just cast this guy off. I still have feelings for him. I'm wondering if that was the right decision. I don't know. I just think it's actually really well written for that. The solo... Like high pitched guitar awesome. and just everything synth I love about is Pinkerton. so yeah, good totally. and screechy and Pat's boom 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 boom. Good song. Give it a listen. All right, next we're going to talk about my number three pick. You gave your love to me softly. Another Pinkerton B-side. I think this song should have been on my list. Yeah. It is just immediately fast and punchy. And it's crunchy. a banger and it goes away in what, two minutes? I don't even know how long it's it so is. so quick. I love so many melodies in here. La, 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 you say yes. to me, baby, don't you cry. Oh, there's so Put many. Put your arms around me, girl. But the verses are so good, too. I love the chords, but you know what's interesting? This doesn't ruin the song for me or anything like some people, but this so reminds me of I'm Free by Kenny, Kenny Loggins. I don't know it. The cor- Yeah, you do. 
Looking at the, 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 I don't oh, know what's right. Oh my god, I love the that chords, song. The chord changes are so similar, and wow. especially with that eighties. Oh, ruined it. Wee, wee, wee. It's from the Footloose soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, great song. Great banger. Comes and goes, but it's the perfect length. I don't know why that wasn't on my list. I don't really like my list, but so be it. I'm glad we're talking about that song. Great song. Next, we're going to talk about another Pinkerton outtake, Adam's number two pick, Tragic Girl. song is kind of crazy first of it all goes so many places so many places they didn't know or they didn't remember this song they basically were Dug digging, out, digging yeah. through their vaults when they were looking for deluxe b-sides for the 2010 deluxe version of pinkerton and they found this and included it as the last song on the second half of that album and it is such a find i can't believe they forgot about this song it's also not matt sharp on bass there's someone named adam orth who's playing bass on this for whatever reason so i think because i don't know if there are other instrumentalists who are missing besides i only read about him but it sounded like everyone just forgot about it i I don't know maybe matt would have remembered doesn't matter (laughs) anyway I love just hearing Rivers and the guitar at the top. He just sounds so impassioned and so raw. As soon as the drums come in, they're huge. But the best part of the song, for sure, is the chorus of crying, crying, let it out. Especially with the shadow of crying, 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 crying. I love that. And the chorus that they do, It's again, it's one of the, the contrasts from... Like the ever-changing chords in the verse to much more slowed down, just staying on a couple chords at the same time. And I love the, even as I anoint your door, I'm looking out for something more. With the descending chords, this chorus is one of the best choruses. And it's wow. so wow. heartfelt to me. And it just it feels so good. I'm even just saying just from this era, it's like I really wish that this was on Pinkerton. Did it's you so notice long. the melody that they reused in Pink Triangle when he goes, I'm long to be. Isn't that? What's the thing? What is that? Is that a... Uh, when I'm so belonging, ah, thank you, Andy. I like that. Yeah. Also, I I remember that I there was something about that melody. I was like, that's so Weezer. So there's that in Pink Triangle, but there's also the Christmas song of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of it's that melody arc. The lyrics cry and cry and let it out. We have to face that it's over now. Even as I anoint your door, I'm looking out for something more. Cry and cry, I'm crying too because no one touches me like you do. I don't want my mom to know that I've been a dirty boy. I don't know why. I actually really like that last lyric, something about the dirty boy. But yeah, this song goes in so many different places. That bridge, which comes back at the end of you're a tragic girl, that sort of halftime Ain't no butterfly, girl. This butterfly. ain't no butterfly, uh, or whatever that is. I, lo- I didn't. Yeah, honestly, it all to me boils down really to that chorus, which I already sang for you, which you've already heard. But this is really a really special, long, long Weezer song, which I guess I understand why they didn't put it on the album. But it is such a nice, such a nice find. Nicely done. 
Next, we're going to talk about Adam's number three pick and my number two pick, the Blue Album session song, Michael and Carly. So I was talking about, uh, when we were talking about Blue Album, how I feel like recently lyrics have been elevating songs for me, like Say It Ain't So. Knowing the story behind Michael and Carly, but it's such a convoluted sort of story because Rivers wrote this song while they were still alive. It was just he wanted to write a song about his friends, these creators of the Weezer Weezer fan fan club. But there's a line in here about... Back in Wilson High, I had two best friends until the school bus came and took my friends away. And as we mentioned earlier in this series, Michael and Carly, along with their sister, were killed in a car crash. So when I was listening to this, I was like, what? I I just I was like, did he write this after they passed? But I knew that it was a B-side from Blue, Blue, which is 94, and they passed away in 97. So it was so crazy. Obviously, this was written while they were still alive, and then they passed away. And it just makes it so much more haunting and so much more beautiful. And aside from the fact that I think that's a really good song, clearly, I mean, it's on your list as well. Those lyrics and everything, it, the whole story behind it just elevated it to me. We saw, you know, a clip of, I think, this oh, Benefit concert. There was this Benefit concert that happened after they passed away. Their parents sort of went up, you know, came on stage, was thanking everyone. It was just, it was it was so heartbreaking. And then Rivers comes on and just plays this acoustic version of it. And he's yeah. just so in his Pinkerton uh, like Rivers phase where he's just like, and I can't even imagine the emotions going through him at that moment. It's just a crazy, that's, so that's just the story behind yeah, the song. So musically, this is just like perfect production. That like really 90s acoustic guitar and harmonica. And then you get that stomp and then just yes. crunch, that Weezer this is crunch we know and very, love. To me, I mean, obviously this started it all off. It also, the beginning reminds me of this sort of Cleopatra kind of folky guitar, harmonica, and then, nope, they're still Weezer. Boom. Back in Wilson High, I had two best friends. I love, I love until the school bus came. Right. Going from the lower octave to the higher octave is amazing. And the chord changes there makes it so nice. The chorus. The chorus is, hear you me, Michael. It's so addictive. It's such a catchy, catchy melody. And it's so huge. And even just something as simple as those hits, it it just creates such a nice contrast. The the guitar solo is squealing. It's fucking awesome. Wow. Yes, it's really just every single time it's she tore off my head and now my head's well red. I just love him belting out those 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 parts of it. It's such a special song. Oh, beautiful just, ending. It's such a nicely put together song. I kind of wish this was on the album, but at the same time, we've already talked about how I think Blue is kind of perfect in that every song is similarly great. So this could have been on the album. I guess it could have been left off as it was but it's such a nice track and you need to hear it next we're going to talk about my number one pick for my favorite b-side non-album track of this era the pinkerton b-side devotion
this is that it's funny that you you said earlier you feel like kind of a slog yeah this is still that three four or six eight it is but it's so much crunchy slower waltz it's so that much i slower. love i love the lyrics to this song so your much. iq is 20 points low and i'm no six foot tall it's such a great his whole lyric is sad to say i pushed you away waiting for mrs right nobody's perfect and you're sort of looking into your flaws too much and you should be looking past your flaws and i just I don't know. I absolutely love this chorus. I think it is huge Fair and enough. anthemic and it's just a great melody and the harmonies on the chorus are fantastic. Also another great really moody dark guitar solo. There's great guitar slides everywhere. I just this is a song out of any of these B-sides that I am yelling, singing, screaming every word to wow. this. I love this song. I skipped this song, but I, wow. you're making you're making wow. me want to go back to it, wow. honestly. And we listened Devo to it in the car yesterday. Waiting on I know, me. I know the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sing it. It's hard not to. And finally, let's talk about my number five pick and Adam's number one track, another Pinkerton B-side, Waiting on You. Andy, I think I actually remember recently you saying this was like the best one. Yeah, I think it is my favorite. I'm B-side so glad you feel that Pinkerton. way. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I, I don't know these as well as you guys do, but I do know that song. I'm and glad I, you and do. I like that song. You were just saying that you have to belt out devotion. This, I just have such a vivid memory of driving right by our house in dad's car, belting out this song, belting it. It's like. The thing is that my favorite part of this is the outro, but we're, we'll get to that in a second. Everything else is so nice and so classic Weezer, Suzanne, LA Girls, just the, why haven't you called me, made you forget me, I need to know. It's just so very classic, and that kind of just like pained, mine is the loneliest number. I love that. Now is the loneliest of time. And I love that that chord of the Yeah, it's all so good I don't really have to go through it Except I need, I need to play you this outro Everything about this, the orchestration that's going on. Ask you if you oh, I love the fact that they put lyrics to, to that the riff. Exactly. But before it was just, it was just, ooh. Yeah, and, and, it, was, and actually, it was like a synth yeah, or guitar line. It was a smart songwriting choice. It was so choice. good. And I love at the end, you said, you said, the doom, 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 yeah, doom, the pounding doom, drums doom, doom, sort of building doom, up. Doom, yeah, it's, doom, it's like such a good song, such a good B-side. These are all fantastic songs from the first era. And yes, we definitely leaned heavily on Pinkerton, Blue, I had one red song. Just quickly, I do want to mention, there were some cool songs out of the Green album. Especially because uh, we were tearing apart, or maybe I was, I don't know. Yeah, for the most part, we were definitely tearing apart Green. And I think we even mentioned, I wish... Which I don't think Andy knows he's sort of sitting here he doesn't know what we thought about the other albums but uh 
So yes, finding these sort of really cool songs from the green era is was such a treat for me. And so confusing because I think that some of these songs would have made the album so much more interesting, but I think they were going for a very clear sound. Some of these songs didn't have the Weezer Green solo. I don't know. They wanted that cookie cutter, whatever. Always is fucking beautiful. I do is kind of creepy. I really dig it. The Christmas song you mentioned earlier is a great song. That yeah. was sort of right before Both of them are. Yeah, exactly. Christmas song and Christmas celebration are like really good songs. They're yeah. like original Christmas songs by them. Which is the one that I said sounds like Big Star. Is that always? That's always. Yeah. yeah. There's totally. something really nice yeah, about very that. Very lush guitar playing. Yeah. And Absolutely. And so different. It's like the, it's like a butterfly. Yeah. But they didn't want another butterfly or something. I don't know. I don't something know the like reason. That. All right, now that we've gone through our top five favorite B-side non-album tracks of the first era, again, that being Blue to Red, let's talk about our least favorite songs, our worst songs of this era. Okay, honestly, honestly, maybe you won't agree with me. This was kind of harder for me because the second era was easy, easy in terms of my least favorite songs. This was a little harder. I, I don't even know. You're, gonna, no. you're not going to like my list. You're not going to like my list. <laughs> I'm really curious. Yeah. <laughs> because clearly when we were talking through the songs, I think there were I guess maybe the, you're feeling the same thing. There were reactions that you had or didn't have that I was expecting you to have, but doesn't matter. This is how I feel. All right. Do you want to go back and forth or or straight through? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay. My number 5 is honestly Heart Songs. Fuck. Off. I totally agree. I've Thank always you, I've always hated this song. Wow. I, wow, wow. You know what's wow. funny is I remember going even back to high school. Josh was like, "Oh, I love this song. I love this song." I went back the other day and did I, you love that song in high school? I guess so. <laughs> he did. Take it from me. Yeah. He did. <laughs> the other day when I was going back for uh, preparing for this, I went back to that song specifically, and I'm like, you know what? It's probably been about four or five years since I've heard this song. I still hate it. I'm sorry. The thing is that, like, again, I was even talking about it when we were going through Red Album. I like where they were trying to go with the verses and the sort of rappy flow that they have. I get it. I don't like it. I don't I don't like it either. It could have been a more palatable song if the chorus wasn't so garbage. And and a slog. You used that Such word earlier. I, I never want to listen to this song. Oh, my God. I, I think lyrically it's interesting enough that I listen to every word. I, don't, I, I don't like it. I don't think it's that interesting. I, I think he's just name dropping Yeah, people. I think the chorus sucks, too. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> anyway your five fun yes. fact they played it at our show uh in 2008 at madison square garden and you still didn't like it well actually it wasn't even them playing it they had like a um a record player out on stage playing a pre-recording <laughs> oh of it boy God. and then they went into sliver by nirvana whoa wait is there a song sliver by nirvana yeah oh i'm thinking Great. of slither no not by velvet, 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 velvet revolver. revolver yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but my number five song is actually Simple Pages. I feel perfectly fine to me, with that. <laughs> this is such a nothing song. I don't even know if it's bad. It's just so pointless. It's the only bland. Good, the it's only good part of that is, can't you see? Yeah. That's it. That's a good melody, but it's one of the, it's the to me, the I, most forgettable I green song. I don't fault you at all, because a lot of green songs could have been on this on this list for me, okay, okay. in my opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. My number four Worst song of the first half of their career is Everybody Get Dangerous. Fair pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Booyah. I mean, Booyah. What, what are we going to say? Such a crazy, random Cringy. song. And again, so many good Red Album B-sides that they could have replaced this and, to me, Heart Songs with. It's mm -hmm. so crazy to me that they kept these on there. That Red Album, honestly, could have been so much of a better record yeah. if they took these songs off. And if you put, you know, King... Miss Sweeney, any of those on there, you have had a much better solid 10 song album yeah. than totally Everybody agree. Get Dangerous. Yeah. 
All right, so let's go to my number four pick for the worst song of the first half of their career is actually Pardon Me from Make Believe. That was on my Shortlist. list. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And I apologize to you and everything that I had to. I hate Pardon I may not me. be a perfect Pardon soul. me. Oh my I hate God. that song. It's so bad. It's I, really I bad. The thing is that I think a lot of green green album songs and a lot of a lot of make believe songs were on this short list but crazily enough a lot of red songs too especially when that al- that album is just so crazy anyway my number three worst song is perfect situation wow wow i i don't think it's a great song at the end of the day i think that's surprising you put that on your list though I think it's you were talking to me about how you like the verses. I love I the verses. You love how do yeah. you love, I love these his melody? What's the deal? Ba-ba-da. You're singing I'm it like in a dumb way, but it goes Oh, because you've never done that with me. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so obviously insane? This perfect situation. Get what down the drain. I'm never better. It's good. It's good. It's a you don't good like the chorus, Adam? Oh, that's oh, the worst I, part of I the song. I do not like the chorus either. Oh. It's, uh, exactly. Yeah, you just said it right there. Oh, uh, uh, he's not singing uh, anything. It's uh, just kind of wailing over a melody. I agree. To be I honest, I don't think it deserves to be I don't, on this list. I, I don't really trust this list because I think so much of Make Believe could have been on this list, and I think I just picked perfect situation. I don't know. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> so speaking of Make Believe, and you're not going to like this one. My number three. Least favorite song of this first era is Hold Me. Really? I fucking hate that song. Hold Me was my number two for that album. I really like it too. The thing is that oh I God. I really hate Make Believe. I really hate it as an <laughs> album. So I was just working with what I got. So I don't again I don't blame you for putting that on. I can see Hold how I can see me. how one I can see how one would hate that song. I with what I was given, there is something with the structure of that song that I actually find to be well put together. I like the contrast of the verses and the chorus. I think that the orchestration on the second verse with all of the other guitars He's not saying anything. and the background He's just wailing about whole it's but so But I love boring. the guitar sounds on it, especially in the chorus. <sighs> Do not like that song. That's it. I, I, Agree I, to disagree, Yoshua. Yeah, fair enough. We're having fun here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> My number two worst song from this period is We Are All on Drugs. Yes. Great pick. Awful Great song. Pick. Awful, awful song. It feels so similar to Everybody Get Dangerous. Both of these are on this list. They're just so shitty. Such shitty songs. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. On that note, my number two is Everybody Get Dangerous. That is such a stain on red. I, I Here we can, go. You know what? Like, hmm. Even Thought I Knew, Cold Dark World, I'm way more okay with those songs than Everybody Get Dangerous. Maybe... You don't feel that way, but What's I. Every, the fucking booyah! Are you kidding me? Which is like everybody give it to me. It's like it, it, everybody get dead. It, it's so dumb. It feels so to me. It dumb. feels to me like the we are all on drugs of uh, Red Album. What do you think they were going for with it, both of those songs? What do you think they were going for? Like something funny? Were they trying to be like cool, tough guys? Well, or do Josh you think, and I were talking yeah, about it's how, dangerous. Yes, I think it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it yeah, also I don't it's think they really stupid. think they're tough. But like everybody gets dangerous, I actually kind of like the verses. I think it's got a cool groove and rhythm. But the lyrics I used are so to go dumb. Chip cows for fun, yeah. yeah actually, li- I didn't do that because I didn't want the cow to be sad. The lyrics are dumb, very dumb. <laughs> so I like the rhythm awful. of it, but anyway, yeah. I don't know. Oh man, but it's your number one. 
My number one, speaking of, is Cold Dark World. I am with Adam on this. Thank I don't know you. If it's, I don't know if it's a number one for me for worst song, but it's a bad song. And especially when, especially when you want a Scott song on the album, put King on the album. What are you doing putting this on the album? This is so King is so much better. Shit, yes, so much so better. Much better. Honestly, if if <laughs> Blue and Picker didn't have such good B sides, I think King would have been on there because it is really cool and interesting. And I was telling Josh, there's something about his voice that sounds so much like Scott Whalen to me from Stone Temple Pilots, Wyland. I don't know. It's just such a well-crafted song. I think Rivers wrote that song and Scott sang it. Yes. I don't know if they there, wanted there a is, Scott like writing credit on this. There just is for the a verse. You can listen to the Rivers version of Cold Dark, Wor- Cold Dark World online. You can hear. What about King though? King, I only know about the okay. uh, Scott version. Yeah. I just find this song to be pretty, pretty shitty. To me, it is a surprising number one pick because my number one without a doubt is we are all on drugs that song is i mean hey that was number two for me trash do you remember what i told you it sounds like yes i mentioned it in the podcast the diarrhea song and i was saying that to me it's i i mean i actually don't know that song that well it to me it sounds like a really shitty version of downtown you know downtown things will be yeah, there yeah, yeah. When you're i don't know downtown. how you can even compare those songs you know what i mean though. i do i do <laughs> i'm but... just saying in terms of the like repeti- repetition of downtown we are all on you know whatever anyway do you think they just went for? I always think this. Do you think they went for some like shock factor that like when the little kids looking at the back of the album, the song title is going to be "We Are All on well, Drugs." Well, didn't they make them change it to "We Are All in Love" for like and the supposedly MTV? Pat wanted it to be "We Are All on Hugs," which I love. Oh, <laughs> I honestly like. God. I think it's just so funny. And I just, I can't believe this song is so bad. I hate every part of the song. Yeah, I don't every get the purpose. Of, I've never understood the purpose of it. This was the second single for you know we Adam and I argued a long time about uh, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills is a completely fine single compared, compared to, this, to this. Absolutely, this is like garbage. This is yeah, hundred percent worst song of that era. Oh man, so bad. But now that we talked about the worst songs from that era, let's uh, let's end on a lighter yes. note and talk about the best songs from this era. I know we are going to have different lists, and I, I have a feeling yours is going to be very much more varied than mine. Than yours? Interesting. I'm mostly excited to hear Andy's list because Andy prepared his top five for this era as well. Again, I this did. is the first half of the discography, blue to red. So why don't you kick us off starting five to one before we go through Just ours? Just go straight through? Five to one. No, you can uh, explain them as you go. Sure. Yeah. So my number five from Blue to Red Era is Angel in the One. Ooh, Ooh good pick. Such good a good pick. pick. Such a good pick. Um, my number four is Say It Ain't So. Interesting. Great, I like great that. Track, yeah. Got it. You know, it's one of those things where it's very hard. We'll go into this in a second, but it's very hard to just pick sometimes the hits. Yeah. I guess you could say. But I, I was telling Josh this the other day. I think there's a reason why the hits are so popular and continue to be such, uh, especially from that era. No question. Absolutely. Buddy Holly, these Undone, are classic songs. Saint Ain't So, yeah. And no I was also question. telling Josh, there's something about. I find singles from the '90s happen to be. I mean, this is obviously my opinion and how I feel about the music. They happen to be the actually better songs on the album. I agree. Whereas nowadays, yes. That's an interesting point. Nowadays, I feel like singles are pandering to be singles and sometimes happen to be the worst song on the album or something like that. But yes, I agree. Sure. Um, And then number three for me is My Name is Jonas. Amazing. Interesting. Yes. I love that. It's always been an Andy song. Like that is such a, I relate that song to you. It has been an Andy (laughs) song. (laughs) If I say so myself. (laughs) Number two for me is El Scorcho. Amazing. Yes. Yep. Perfect song. And then number one is Only in Dreams. 
Ooh, love that dark that horse pick. That is awesome. Shit. Wow. That's so you must one. have just died hearing that live. It was great. Oh, on the memories <laughs> tour. It was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's great. And they actually have played it live since then too. Yeah, yeah. That's such a special song. It in their is. Catalog. I think it's. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's the best from that era. And you know, this list for me is it was hard to put together, as I'm sure it was for all you guys too. Yeah. And I'm sure you know if you asked me tomorrow, maybe what my top five. Oh, it might, I don't love my list. There's so many. It's so funny that we're top five disco, but we're never comfortable or confident in our picks. Sure. Of our top <laughs> sure. <fives. laughs> But yeah, this is my top five for today, and I'm sticking to it. I think those are it. great songs. Love thank it. you, thank you. Uh, do we want to do the same thing? Just no, let's do it individually. It Why don't you start us off? Okay. My number five best song from this era is Undone, the Sweater Song. Classic, Interesting classic nice. song, yeah. For sure. Number four for me is The Good Life. Whoa, awesome. Mm-hmm. Number three, Buddy Holly. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't have expected that. That's cool. Number two, El Scorcho. Yes. Wow. And I think you know where I'm going with this, Josh. Number one, Hands Down Across the Sea. Yeah. That song. So basically- I was expecting that on your list, Andy. I've always thought you that you like- So if we're going to talk honorable mentions in a second, too. I don't know if we are, but it is one of my honorable yeah, yeah, mentions. Yeah. Which, Across the Sea? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk honorable mentions at the end. Yeah. So this feels very similar to me to Motion City Soundtrack when I was listing those top songs. Granted, this is only from this era. So honestly, if we were doing- all top five this might have this would have been different but yeah you know there's something where i had like four i am the movie tracks and then time turned fragile there is still something i'm not one of those you know has to be blue because has you're to be saying pinkerton. it was just blue pinkerton right yeah yeah it, and it was clearly just those the top three from pinkerton and the top two from blue there is something about those songs that really hits me. You know, I was thinking other, I guess we can talk about honorable mentions in a second. So why don't you, why don't you go on with your list? Okay. So my list, top five from the first era, blue to red. My number five pick is Falling For You Great from Pinkerton. Pick. Love it. Love that song. Ooh, okay. death. That was number three for you. Yeah. <laughs> my number four pick is My Name Is Jonas. Nice. Opening track on Love blue. It. That song means so much to me. It's the first song on their first record and it's such a declaration of purpose and I love every part and I, the workers are coming. Every melody, I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. Love that song. It's an absolutely euphoric song. Euphoric is the perfect word. My number three pick is El Scorcho. Is that yes. the song we've all agreed on? Yes. I love Great it. Great single. So funky, fun, strange, quirky, amazing lyrics. Great chorus. The bridge the is bridge. insane. Oh, and kind of like my name is Jonas. The reason, and I could say this, I guess, because we all put it on our list, El Scorcho. Yeah. It, it really encapsulates to me what Weezer does well in every different aspect yes. of it. The fast parts, yeah. yes. the quirkiness, well said. the weird yes. lyrics. And the and the gang sort of chanty chorus yeah. kind of thing. It, it has everything you can love about Weezer. My number two song is Across the Sea. Cool. That song is like, holy shit good. So musically beautiful, interesting, dynamic. The emotion, the lyrics are so, so intimate and personal and strange. And we already talked about sort of the beautiful aspect of him going through his thought process of yes. that situation. I just think it's an unbelievable song. I think I know your number one. And my number one, which may come as a shock, my number one song of this era is The Angel and the One. Yeah. This nice. is this is fucking chill inducing music. The Angel and the One, it is crazy to me that Pinkerton is a fucking masterpiece, one of my favorite albums of all time. And yet talking individually, what songs just like fucking rock me to my core just change me the angel in the one is just a masterpiece of songwriting that's awesome and i i don't disagree with you i think 
the past three months or so going through Weezer, it's the number one song that I wanted to hear all the time. Mm. I all love that outro where it's just oh, the feedback. Absolutely. The humming agree. feedback. It's such for a warm a way so. to close it off. And that's after like this explosive peace shalom, just like guitar solo wailing. It's, I, I love Angel in the One. I'm so glad it was on your list too. Number five, yeah. mine. Are we going to talk honorable mentions? Yes. So I got a few. Yes. Mentions. Hit me. So my honorable mentions are Across the Sea. Nice. Little Maladroid, I did Burnt Jam. Yes, that was yep. also on my list. I love the drums on that song. Oh my God, Very unique. so good. Uh, Falling For You I had. Nice. Yes. Um, I also had uh, Photograph from Green Album. Okay. Interesting. I love that song. I always have. I don't know why. I always have. Uh, and then Keep Fishing from yes. Maladroid. Great song. Yes. Great song. I, I didn't actually list Neither did I. my other ones, but even just thinking back on it, the greatest man that ever lived is just an incredible song. It's not. It's it's just such a feat that is like that could have been up there. But again, I do this based on what could I not live without, and I don't think I could live without these songs. Greatest no. man absolutely was my honorable mention. Greatest man is just is is a, is just a fantastic song. Nothing from make believe for me. Nothing from green for me. Burnt jam, absolutely. Even death and destruction could have been up there. Ooh, I heard that song. last night for the first time in a while because I'll be honest with you, I hadn't gone back to Maladroit yeah. as much. And when I was across the room, um, across the sea, across the, <laughs> when I was across the room in my apartment, um, I just heard death and destruction coming over the speakers. It blew me away. Yeah, that crazy. song is. I think it's our number two yeah. uh, song on the album. So special, yeah. oh, good, so special. The only other real, um, I mean, honestly, I, I really mean this. Almost all of Pinkerton could have been could have been an honorable yeah. mention for me. I fucking love that record so much. Same with Blue for me. Um, no one else. Oh my god, so good. Uh, tired may, of you sex. may hate me. Tired of sex. Yeah. Okay, you may hate me for this. I actually, as an honorable mention, haunt you every day. I oh, love get that the song. Fuck I out of love, here! Get out! I love haunt you every no day. No opinion over here. I oh love haunt you. You don't, you don't care about that song. I don't care one way or the other about that. I don't think it's one of their I best think it's closers. A great closer, and I don't know. It hits me. Uh, I know. I'm uh, sorry. Hey, whatever works for you. That's my. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that how I feel. Never floats a boat. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part 12 in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Weezer's entire discography. Now that we've started our wrap-up on the Weezer series from 1994 to 2008, tune in next week where we do it all again for the second half of their career, 2009 to 2017. We'll rank our favorite B-sides and non-album tracks, as well as our top five worst and top five best Weezer songs from this era. We'll also be sharing our initial impressions of Weezer's most recent studio release, 2019's The Black Album. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Weezer. What are your top five favorite Weezer songs from 1994 to 2008, and why? What are your least favorite songs from this era? And what are your favorite B-sides and non-album tracks as well? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Top 5 Disco for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, rating and reviewing Top 5 Disco on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen is always appreciated. And don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco. So now that Addy, <laughs> Addy, Addy. Yeah. who's got Addy? Oh God. <laughs>